The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim Dill Double G. Yeah! And I'm joined by the man behind the sound effects at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? We also have at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. For those watching the video podcast, you'll see uh, Doug wearing his classic Elvis Presley. I guess was that the sideburns, sideburns, and yeah, glasses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I missed the show last week because I was in Memphis, but I wouldn't say I missed the show last week. Oh, I was in Memphis. That's, that's clear. <laughs> and that other voice you hear is at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Yeah. Make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com. You can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book Reviews. On the homepage, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, YouTube. And when, while you're on the homepage, subscribe to the Click Nation newsletter. You'll find the link on the homepage again. Subscribe to the podcast. Go to youtube.com forward slash the Click Nation. And we're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. All your favorite podcast resources. That is correct. And speaking of podcasts, we are part of the Coast Little Podcast Network, a.k.a. the CSPN. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. And while you're there, buy some comic book merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're discussing comic books on social media, use the hashtags CBCron or Comic Book Chronicles to join the conversation. Alrighty. So this week, the first comic that we'll discuss in our reviews is going to be Justice League of America number one from DC Comics. So, was it about two weeks ago, we had the Justice League of America Rebirth number one issue that introduced our main cast of heroes. Right. And that was the getting, yeah, that was the getting the band together issue. The mission statement of Batman wanting a team, a Justice League that are mortals that humans can look up to. Minus Lobo, of course. Of course. <laughs> Maybe Steve Orlando will address that later on in a couple of issues, but we don't get that here. We see he the, might just be aiming for the lowest common denominator, but let's not get into sociology right now. Yes, mm. or maybe Lobo won't be here that be on it that long, right? But uh, this issue is mostly a, a lot of the team putting out fires across the uh, United States, doing good deeds, and then a threat from another dimension comes. A, a team uh, can't remember if they actually have a name or not. 
but they talk about their world being destroyed and they for some reason they don't want to see the same thing happen to our earth aren't those nice wildstorm characters am i crazy but wasn't is that what those were uh, that's what i was thinking I'm, i mean i'm not the I didn't, yeah i was about to say i didn't I'm have a chance chance. On, on wildstorm history yeah. uh, maybe we can get the guy who's writing the book uh to confirm or deny this but i thought those were uh wildstorm like villains or something okay I mean, I, I, I don't, don't remember. Know. Yeah, I don't remember, honestly. I remember, uh, um, uh, you know, very vaguely some of the characters uh, out of Wildstorm. I don't know if these were Wildcats villains or Wet Works or, you know, uh, Stormwatch. Those are the main, like, kind of team books. These guys are called uh, the Extremists. Mm. So I don't that know. sounds very uh, Wildstorm-ish from back in the day. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. And while we... Uh, Consult Google. Um, oh, wait, hold on. Oh, nope. They are regular DC characters. Ah. They were in Justice League Europe. Oh, no. So there They're from go. Earth 8, which is why I have there no idea go. who they are. Oh, so Earth 8 is gone. Scratch that off the 52 list of Earths. Yeah, in fact, they were in the Multiversity book uh, as Earth 8. Um, and they were created... By, Lord Havoc was created by Frank Future who was basically Mr. Fantastic. Hmm. I thought you were talking about the, the characters themselves. Apparently they're created by Keith Giffen, Gerard Jones, and Bart Sears. Yeah, just League Europe, yeah. Nice See, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't have even thought to go and Google that team. <laughs> I was just like, ah, B-Villain team must be an image thing. Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I'm noticing here, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skimming through the book, and I'm just noticing um, that Adam's talking to, to Killer Frost and mentioned something about Trouble Alert, and, and that makes me kind of happy. <laughs> and it's all that? one word, isn't it? Yeah, it's all one word. Yeah. What's that, that called that to? Uh, um, Super Friends. Yeah, the cartoon. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a message on the Trouble Alert. Mm-hmm. You, wait, why am I not remembering this? All I remember yeah. is, uh, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, well, yeah, that do was... not remember <laughs> Trouble Alert. Yeah, you guys got to be kidding. Wait, wait, no? is Super Friends on, on, on a streaming service or Netflix or something? I got to find this now. Uh, afraid not. I don't, I mean, you can buy it. You can I gotta, buy now I got to look this but... up. Maybe it'll be on YouTube or something. You know, like maybe it'll be on YouTube or something. I mean, there are some episodes on YouTube. There. I mean, yeah, yeah. definitely on YouTube. Because so. now you guys got me thinking, like, I'm, I, I honestly could not, you know, if that was Final Jeopardy, I would have lost everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a little thing to remember. Goodness. Challenge of the Super Friends episode one is on Daily Motion. I can see that, but okay, uh, mm-hmm. I don't see it on any streaming sites. All right. Yeah, like well, so you find some random from random yeah, things. Exactly, YouTube, so. exactly. So I'll take a look because now I'm very curious about this trouble alert. <laughs> Interesting. But, uh, so, what did you guys think of this issue? Like, it's kind of just like a, you know, kind of a by the books um, with a slight twist at the end. Yeah, to me, it felt like just a lot of jumping around. It was here and there, just throwing these little things together. Like nothing, nothing of too much consequence really happened. Um, and it wasn't even, you know, the last issue was a setup of getting everybody together. And this one wasn't even, I expected it to be more of how they get along or don't, uh, mm-hmm. which you always get on these team books. And it wasn't even that. It was just these two people are over here working on this and this guy's over here doing that. And these two are over here working on this. And, mm-hmm. you know, you it didn't, it didn't feel like there was a team, and it didn't feel like there was a team forming, and it didn't feel like there was a team falling apart. It just felt like there was a bunch of random stuff going on, and Batman was just calling everybody. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's Justice League. You know, I'll give it a while. I, I tend to give those a little more leeway than a lot of other books, just because of the aforementioned Super Friends cartoon. But still, right? Um, 
um, it just, I don't know, like I got done with it and it was just like, eh, okay, well, you know, nothing special, but it is what it is. Mm. And is that, that yeah. cover you have up is the, that's the cover, right? This is the yeah. main cover, yeah. That's the main cover. And then there's, that's the variant cover. Yeah. Or I guess I should I'm say assuming, the normal. I'm going to assume it's a connecting one. Uh, I don't know. Unless maybe it has the villains coming in from the other side. Yeah, or the rest of the team won. I don't know. Maybe the team will be under them or something. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah, probably in the next one, one will be the back and one will be the front. Who knows? Anyway. All right. Well, what, I mean, I, I guess it's it's not technically the start of the series because we had the rebirth issue, but you know, and all the specials. Right. I, I, I'm curious to see how this team finishes the first story arc. You know, given the kind of quirky nature of the uh, uh, of the setup, and that's pretty much how much time I'll give it. I don't know about you guys. I'll give it a while. All right. Because again, <laughs> all right, that it's a it's a Justice League book that actually looks interesting compared to the other one. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think part of it is just that I'm so underwhelmed by the current Justice League book that I'm hoping that something good comes out of this one. Because right. if this one ends up being lackluster and that one is just so lackluster, then I'm like, what hope is there left in the world if you can't get a oh, good no. Justice League book? Oh no! <laughs> and at least we know this one is going to tie into the whatever rebirth mystery. Oh, with uh, Batman and Flash. Oh, yes. and like this, these characters showing up being from another Earth, and yeah, yeah. So larger things at play. All right, what else do we have this week? My list is slim, so I'll, I'll be contributing mostly at the end of this when we do our rapid fire. Uh, what about my colleagues? Anybody else read Inhumans vs. X-Men 5? I did. Nope. I did, I did, I did. I'm actually pulling, I'm, I'm leafing through my physical copies this week to get my copy. Here we go. How many issues is this? I think there's just one more, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's, uh, this, is, oh, yeah, wow. so this is, I believe this is five months. of six. Yeah. 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 So something big should have happened this issue, right? You'd think, but I don't think so. Well, I, I, I think the, the, mm. the big things that were teased at the end of last issue do happen in this issue to the extent that the Inhumans have basically, you know, spoiler alert, although we've kind of set it up by, by calling this the penultimate issue of the miniseries, you know, we've basically set up the Inhuman uh, uh, royal family uh, uh, escaping... The, uh, the the situations and the, the, the makeshift prisons that the uh, X Men have set up for them, uh, all but um, all but Black Bolt are really uh, recovered by the end of this issue. But we're setting up for the final throwdown. That's pretty much what happens in this issue. It's it's a little bit of a setup for the final issue. I had two. I guess you'd say the two main problems I had was one. It didn't feel like a lot of stuff really happened in this. It was. It felt more like everybody had to get kind of shuffled around to get to where they needed to be for the next issue. But it wasn't, it didn't feel like organic the way things were falling into place. This was more like, Hey, we're going to plan and go here and Hey, we're going to plan and go there. And it kind of took away from, I think how well the other issues seemed to flow together. Um, But the other main thing was like the last issue set up all this great stuff, like a big fight with Colossus. I'm going to hold off Colossus. And then you come back in this issue and it's like, Oh, the fight's over and they're moving on. And some of the stuff with uh, Karnak just seemed to end like real quick. Like you didn't. Get well, I mean, that's you know, what I was going to say is with the funny thing about how they treat Karnak in the Marvel universe right now is that, yeah, when he when he has time, it, it's almost like um, what is it? Those message boards boards things where you know with prep time, Batman can beat everybody. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? So oh, you mean like the online fights people get into? Yes, about exactly, stuff? exactly. 
right? So it's almost like Karnak is the living embodiment of those like chat threads where if he has time and he meditates, he'll come up, he'll come up with a way to beat, you know, whatever uh, situation or opponent he's got because he can analyze their weaknesses and find their weaknesses. So he's like the ultimate prep time superhero. And um, yes, t- take that, Batman. But <laughs> but some of the stuff like uh, Forge was drawing the machine in the dirt, and basically right. he just he just draws like there's a box in the middle, and then there's these little things that loop out of it. And then right. Moon Girl jumps up and goes, "Oh, well, why don't you change it?" And so there's a box in the middle, and then these smaller little loops coming out. And he goes, "Oh my gosh, you've miniaturized the circuitry!" And you're like, "What? There's, no, there's nothing. All she did was draw these little lines smaller." In the way he had drawn them, and that disbelief, was it. disbelief, dirt, no, disbelief. No, I can't. I cannot. She's the smartest girl in the, uni- in you, the universe. You gotta kind of dis. You gotta kind of suspend <laughs> disbelief here. That's but that's like to, that's like know. someone drawing a uh, like a car. Like here's two wheels and a bumper and a door and the windshield, and then someone coming along and going, "No, I'm going to build a time machine." And they just add the little stuff on the back and say, "Look, it's from the DeLorean from Back to the Future." Now it's a time machine. It's like, oh my gosh, you invented a time machine. No, they didn't. They just drew this little thing on the back. I mean, that's all she did was just she drew these little lines a little closer. All right. So, so what I think uh, uh, PCN underscore underscore Dirt is saying is Javier Garon, the artist of this book, is unable to convey what Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire are trying to put across, which is that this is a highly technical uh, 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 contraption, and he just over oversimplified its the, its depiction. So like, all hate mail can go to PCN underscore <laughs> Dirt at popculturenetwork.com. Exactly. Um, but no, like if if there had just been like random schematics, like if it was just like box and little circuit line and box and right, circuit right, line right, right. and whatever, then then you know she races it and draws little different circuits, and it's like, oh my gosh, that revolutionizes. Like, okay, then I could buy it. I don't know what that means. I'm not an engineer, right. but I see. You know, it's like a math problem on a chalkboard. It's a bunch of numbers and some squiggly lines and stuff. Like, oh look, it's calculus. I don't know what that means. You know, but it's just like, oh look, I drew these lines closer. Oh, you miniaturized the whole thing. No, you're a genius. Like, what? <laughs> all right so anyway i was not as impressed with this issue as the other ones in the series okay well there is only one left so we'll see hopefully it gives us a satisfying finish and sets Maybe, up it's just a little dip before it takes off at the end Maybe. right it sets up the resurrection line of x-men and inhuman titles going forward right all right okay. right well, over yes yeah. <laughs> What's next, you guys? Um, did anyone else read uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 24? I actually did. All right. Um, I presume Tim is planning on reading this? Yes. So, what's... so we will speak exactly, we won't spoil Exactly. We won't spoil too, too much. But what I would say is that while it does track with what happens in uh, the last issue of Clone Conspiracy, it does add to it. It does... Um, uh, serve as kind of a actually technically it's not the last issue of the miniseries because we have that Omega issue still to come and that's what's teased at the end of this issue but this definitely does add to the events of um, the, uh, the penultimate uh, clone conspiracy issue and um, I think this is probably of all the tie-in issues this is probably pretty much required reading so that you know um, how to fill in some of the gaps between uh, you know some of the panels uh, in that last issue of clone conspiracy or the most recent issue well, I think this even adds. This is a better ending than what we got in Clone Conspiracy. Like this, if you you think this should have been in the pages of Clone Conspiracy proper? Yes, yes. because the way it re- it resolves what happens to a couple of the characters. Sure. Um, and in fact, one of the characters they do the whole fake ending with. 
Right. Where it's like, oh, well, he's taken care of now. And it's like, you know, he's not. Sure. But, but that's the type of ending they should have had in Clone Conspiracy instead of the nothing that happened in that one. Yeah, I felt like Clone Conspiracy didn't really have a satisfying ending. It's like all the characters just disappeared and we don't know who's dead or who disintegrated or who's still lurking. And it's like, oh, oh we're done. So, yeah, I, in fact, I only read this. I mean, there was really no reason um, other than the fact that we had a bunch of them sitting on the shelf. And I was, I, and I, I felt like I had missed something in Clone Conspiracy. Like, I couldn't believe that that was it. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe there's something a little more in here. And sure enough, there was. So I'm actually glad I read it. If, you, if anybody out there listening, if you read Clone Conspiracy and you, you kind of felt a little hollow at the end, then read this amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man. You'll feel a lot better about the series. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, it definitely uh, of all the tie-in issues, this is probably uh, as 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 much required reading as any of the uh, miniseries proper. All right, cool. What next? All right, uh, let's see what else we got. Did anyone read uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number twelve? Anybody? Bueller? I didn't even know that came out this week. Oh, I actually, I'd have read that too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You can that tell right? that Tim Dog ninety eight is very tired today because he yeah. had a very busy day. You know, I'm pretty plus tired is, too. We, but you know, plus that is we get enough books uh, rattled off. You'll we'll get a good list out of them. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So Captain America, Steve Rogers number twelve, uh, uh, does does a little bit more to uh, you know add to uh, some of the uh, the theories that are abounding about how uh, Kobik's uh, reality altering. Uh, effect on Steve Rogers might actually be more wide ranging than first thought. Um, you know, we get a little bit more of um, uh, some. You know, we get a little bit of uh, exploration into that because of uh, some some I guess uh, uh, retconned. You know, proper. There's a proper retcon, and in all, in all, in all honesty, that's what Kobik is. She's a walking, talking retcon. Um, uh, Dr. Selvig, or this, or the Marvel Comics version of Dr. Selvig, um, is basically theorizing, or at least uh, 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 thinking about what it is uh, that has actually happened to uh, you know reality, Steve Rogers' reality, and and some and and and, and of those connected to him, uh, how far-ranging Kobik's effects might be, um, and we definitely, and I'm not spoiling too much um, by describing what's on the cover. It's on the cover, Taskmaster, and. Uh, and uh, 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 Eric O'Grady, the the the, the uh, what call it, the LM, the robot android LMD, Eric O'Grady, um, have uh, in their possession the biggest secret in the Marvel universe, or at least in this in this comic, uh, the, the Captain America comic, um, and uh, them trying to uh, barter uh, or or sell the secret uh, to uh, to uh, none other than. The disgraced Maria Hill kind of ends uh, comically for them, but it also turns into a big reveal and it wraps uh, and it and it folds in a character that uh, that many thought probably was not uh, still alive in uh, in this day and age. A character who uh, made several prominent appearances earlier in this run uh, by uh, Nick Spencer. So I re- like I said, I do not want to give too much away. Um, I think that the uh, the storyline, obviously, you know, we all know that Secret Empire is coming up very shortly. Uh, the storyline in this in this comic is uh, rapidly moving forward. We're getting to the point where we will find out some answers and find out how uh, the beans proverbially get spilled. So, um, you know, if, if if you've been on this book uh, for this long and you're waiting for some payoff, I don't think your wait is going to be much longer. When did Eric O'Grady become an LMD? 
Or yeah. was that a thing? I should ask. Wasn't that in uh, Secret Avengers? Haven't read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when it's, Pim. It's possible when, it's true, but we just don't know. Yeah, yeah. when Pim was in, was in charge of Secret Avengers. Like, remember when. Um, uh, I, I definitely I remember Secret Avengers. <laughs> the first Secret <laughs> Avengers. It wasn't. Uh, it was. You know. I, I guess I, I don't remember exactly which volume of Secret Avengers it was because they definitely uh, uh, changed the format or, or the uh, the idea behind Secret Avengers. It used to be. You know. It was at one point like a supposedly like an X Force equivalent for the Avengers. You know, kind of like a Black Ops team. So, but that obviously changed over a, a couple of different volumes. Okay. All right. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, it's uh, you know change is afoot, and you and if you want to figure out uh, or if you want to see and follow along with uh, the ultimate reveals in this book, uh, it's coming soon. So uh, you know I would suggest waiting it out and uh, following along. All right, according to Matthew Wang, it was in uh, Rick Remender's run of Secret Avengers yeah. when Ant Man became an LMD. There you go. Shout Thank out you, Matt to Matt Wang ninety seven. <laughs> All, right. All right. What else we got? Oh, here, I got one. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 16, which I just finished skimming through. Um, we have a team-up between Lunella and uh, Doctor Strange, who she ends up at the door of at the end of the last issue. Um, Lunella waking up in, in, in the second sectorium. Uh, not sure how she got there, but, you know, meets Doctor Strange and has some words because, you know, him being the, the master of the mystic arts and she being a scientist, you know, she, she's um, not really down with the fact that there's magic. Not unlike um, <laughs> our own Tim dog here. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so she's like awful with the magic, but, you know, she's enough leaving his place with a miniaturized, well, which is a very smaller version of Devil Dinosaur, which, um, which is strange, shrunk down and, and was taken care of uh, while she was knocked out or whatever, because for some reason she ended up on the astral plane. Uh, before before coming to, as so people she, want to do, yeah, you know that happens. Um, so once she gets out in the street, apparently it's Halloween or something because you know some her classmates are in um, Halloween costumes, and then for some strange reason, which has been the thing in the last couple of issues of this book, the classic Doctor Doom comes by comes comes rolling by because he's been watching her in the shadows, um, and I think it and then and attacked her kind of last issue, but not directly. But this one, is, it's, well, quote-unquote directly, because there's a couple of them in this book, and Doctor Strange comes back to team up with her again, you know, with Classic X, and uh, the day is one with that, or Doom gets away, when something like that. And at the end of the issue, um, one side of AVX happens to come visit Lunella, and uh, I will leave you to guess which one it is. And it's not the ones you think it would be, given, given her uh, status. And her background, yeah. Yeah, in fact, you talked about him, so never mind. That was X Men, <laughs> so I just couldn't say it. That's funny. Yeah. All right. All right. What else we got? Dirt, you mentioned that uh, you also read uh, Infamous Iron Man, correct? I did. So I, I thought of moving to this book, transitioning to this book, because uh, Roddy Cat was mentioning uh, Doctor Doom. And uh, for those uninitiated and not in the know, uh, the infamous Iron Man really is um, post Secret Wars Victor Von Doom. And um, if you're looking at the cover of those of those of you who are watching the uh, the YouTube live feed of the podcast, the cover of this month's issue of Infamous Iron Man is um, an homage to uh, you know a pretty famous scene. Um, it is uh, uh, Victor Von Doom being cradled by none other than his spoiler alert. It is on the cover, but I'm gonna hit spoiler anyway because you may not be watching the video. 
his mother. And I apologize if I recall correctly. I I remember uh, being confused. Maybe it was an issue or two ago uh, reading this. Um, or it might be the last issue. I, I remember reading this um, uh, because I'd read it out of sequence and was not familiar with uh, the fact that um, Doom's mother had become a character in the uh, series. I didn't understand, you know, who the character, you know, like who she was initially when I first saw her. And I believe it was the last issue. So in this issue, you know, knowing that coming in, it's a lot clearer now. We actually deal with the aftermath of a battle between Doom and his mother with uh, the life of Ben Grimm, the ever-loving blue-eyed thing hanging in the balance. Um, the story is actually told in flashback to one Maria Hill, who at this point, for whatever reason, Bendis, screwing with continuity, is not the disgraced former head of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... But ultimately, you know, without spoiling too much, you know, uh, where, where uh, you know, the, the story basically describes uh, the, the, the battle in, and uh, interaction between Doom and his mother. And um, uh, we find out at the end exactly who is pulling the strings behind, uh, I want to say, the simulacrum. I don't believe that's actually Doom's mother. But um, at the end of the day, there is a puppeteer behind uh, her pulling the strings and it is setting up a confrontation uh, that is teased in the next issue. If you've looked at solicitations and the cover for the next issue, let's just say it's a variation of an old rivalry that doom had. The, the thing that struck me when reading this issue is first of all, this issue is so much better constructed than the past four issues. Uh, right. Just in the way the story is told Agreed. Uh, because things actually happen in this one, which yes. very rarely seems to happen in this series. Um, but I, I really like the way that it's Ben giving the flashback, and then at one point he passes out and misses a key part of the story, and you have this feeling like, oh, man, now we're not going to find out mm-hmm. what that was. But then the story goes back and fills in that gap and, and tells it to us, the reader, so that we know what's going on. So it actually, like at first I was like, oh, here comes, here comes. Oh, we're not going to find out. And then we find out. Yeah, Yay! exactly. You know? um, but it, it struck me how much this feels like a Fantastic Four book. Yes, which is odd. Now, Victor Von Doom was always a great spoil for the Fantastic Four, but we've got a couple Fantastic Four characters, and I'm not going to spoil too much. Um, but how they play into the history of the Fantastic Four, where the characters come in, there's enough here that when I got done reading it, I kind of felt like this, like it filled a hole where the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four used to be in the Marvel Universe. So suddenly, my you know love for this book just went like whoop hey all right now we got something going on here so whether or not it sticks with that feeling or not we'll see but uh i really i really enjoyed this issue from start to finish i thought this was really well done and the way that it played with the storyline going through the flashbacks uh was was really great as opposed to some other books like deathstroke does a lot with the flashbacks but it's very confusing hmm. with the way priest does it he's it's like he's throwing puzzle pieces at you and you have to figure out where they go um, and a lot of times that's from like page to page. It's skipping forward and back. Um, and and the, the word balloons that overlap as you're turning the page don't fit with what you're looking at. They fit with where you're going as opposed to this one that was playing with time and flashback and whatever. And it all just made sense. It was you know easy to follow. Um, gotcha. So I enjoyed that also. But yeah, this cover, this uh, Pieta, mm-hmm. as it is called, the scene, which is one of the few things I remember from college from my art classes. So there you mm-hmm. go. The, the, all the money my parents spent on college, I remember Pieta. That's the nice. scene where Jesus cradle or Mary uh, cradles of Jesus. Cradles, so that's right. um, I was about to say, I didn't want to get too much into the uh, religious <laughs> uh, uh, imagery. You know, I wanted to leave that for uh, the fans who uh, you know watch the show and pick up this book and realize, oh, that's what he's talking about. 
yeah but, cool. but you know it's cool um I, like, like I said, this book really felt like it's almost it's it's this close to being my click of the week, actually. Nice. And only because another book I felt was that much better. Um, but Did you know, uh, I'm sorry to to to, to interrupt, uh, Dirt. Finish your thought. Well, I was just going to say uh, I only read a handful of books this week. I didn't get a chance okay. to read everything I wanted to just because of uh, you know going on vacation last week, kind of threw off my sure. schedule and everything. But um, you know, this book just made me so happy by the end of it. Um, because it felt like a so much better book than what it has been the last few issues, that it was right. much more focused, much clearer, uh, much more explanatory. I don't know if that's a word, uh, or if I just coined something. It was new. Just, you know, I was about to say, it's know. just clearer. Yeah, it was easier to understand. So, so yeah. all in all, this was. So, if this is like, you know, issue six is going to wrap up whatever this initial arc is or whatever, then, then it's really building up. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well. I'm just hoping that issue six maintains the level of quality of five, if not surpasses it. If it goes back to where we were in like issue three, then I may end up giving up on the series. But, right. but I, I really like this issue. Did you notice that the, the the color palette for the art was a little lighter and brighter? I, I noticed that when Ben was talking to Maria, I noticed that it felt a lot like you know, fluorescent light is the feeling right. that I was getting off of it. That it was exactly. as opposed to before, where he's walking through the smoke and he's hovering in the darkness, and you know, all, even when he's flying in the sky, it still felt kind of oppressive. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, felt much more, you know, bright and open. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I noticed that you know Matt Hollingsworth, the color artist, and Alex Malev or Malev, the the artist on the book, you know, they they I'm I'm, I'm I suspect that you know obviously to play into you know the the differing um uh, uh settings in the book, like you said, there's a couple of settings where they're prom it's prominently uh, shield and uh, prominently a hospital room or at least a a medical bay. Um, so the lights are a lot brighter and you know in in a medical setting and even on the shield helicarrier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the the book seems to have a lot more color and brightness to it. Uh, for whatever reason, it, it probably does have to do with the fact that Doom is the lead character. There's a lot of dark colors in this. There have been for a number of issues leading up to this. So, uh, well, that's, I noticed that's that specifically. Thing, it's, it's weird because he's a very different Doom. Um, that was right. part of the whole thing of Secret Wars. Is that he came out of it a very different character than who he was going into it. And so that was one of the things that intrigued me is... Um, it's almost that superior Spider-Man type of effect where you're taking right. a bad guy who still has, he still has the bad tendencies, not because he wants to be bad, but that's the only thing he knows. And he's trying to be a better person uh, working his way through it. So, but the problem is the book just hasn't done a whole lot. Right. You know, it's just that Bendis style where there's a lot of conversations and very few things actually, you know, happen. Um, mm-hmm. So like I said, going forward, I just hope that it keeps this momentum going. Right. There's a CB cap in this uh, Roddy. Um, I'm going to quote, um, you know, like two thirds of it. Uh, it's basically Doom and one of the guest, uh, 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 one of the characters that 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 plays that kind of makes a guest appearance in this. Although she is a recurring character, basically, uh, Doom is uh, uh, talking about this particular change in his character, and he basically says, "One would have thought it would be easier to walk a righteous path than it would be than it would a selfish one." And the character, the the the, the character replies. Not based on anything in human history. I kind of, you know, I like that. That was a nice little play on, uh, you know, how things usually go in, uh, you know, in life as it is. So, you know, it, it almost always is harder to walk uh, uh, the straight and narrow. I'll have to look for that one then. All right. Do we have anything else on the Marvel side? Yeah, most of my stuff. I mean, I touched G- DC. We touched DC first. Um, Roddy, did you read Spider Woman number 16? Yeah. 
So, I'm sure you're happy about this. <laughs> that, was, although, that, was, that was amusing. Yeah, although I believe this book is coming to an end. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, the way in which you say that, too, you're just like, meh. You know, is that, no, like, no, because I've been enjoying the book, but exactly. as we will show. find out, yeah. there's probably a number of, and as we will find out later on in the, um, in the, the show, that there's probably a reason for that. Right. Another reason for that. Right. So, uh, essentially, this is uh, the, the end of this particular arc where uh, you know, we get to our, our, our final showdown between uh, Spider-Woman and uh, Hobgoblin, uh, who is uh, basically taking out, he, he's basically um, repossessing uh, uh, all of the uh, stuff that he had sold to uh, one uh, uh, porcupine. And, uh, you know, now he's taking out all his, uh, you know, he's basically taking on uh, 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 Spider-Woman using uh, the porcupine as bait. Yeah. And we get some development between uh, Jessica and uh, Porcupine, who we, who we, right. whom we thought was dead, but what is not dead. Exactly. Roger. Um, in between them, while Jessica is fighting, all broken up, but fighting Hobgoblin and, you know, Roger being her kind of sidekick gets out of itself and then starts helping her out. And, and, and then at the end of this, they have a, a couple of moments when uh, yeah. one Captain Marvel comes into play at the end of the battle. Right. I mean, it's kind of, it, it's kind of amusing that uh, th- th- like it's literally a, 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 a Deus Ex Machina, you know, moment where, you know, coming out of the blue to, to, to save the day, it's literally a bolt from the blue saving the day in this issue. Because so I've, as Roddy was saying, you know, Spider-Woman yeah. is, is, has, has fought her way through hordes of uh, hobgoblin um, uh, uh, contractors who, who we sold uh, these, uh, these aliases and equipment to. And, uh, you know, she's, she's made her way through, but not unscathed. And, yeah. uh, you know, we see what it takes. Uh, it's literally a bolt from the blue. And I'm like, oh, I guess they did have to wrap that particular subplot up. Yeah. And the fact that the whole fight was going on, you know, with Roger's inner monologue talking about Drew gushing, well, you know, rightly, but also gushingly in a way, because, you know, he's, for for those who don't know and haven't been reading this, he's had feelings for her pretty much the whole time. Right. With which, no, with no, uh, with no pheromone boost. Right. Exactly. And it was, um, I don't want to say unrequited because she was oblivious of it because she was just thinking okay roger the the, the nanny this and that and the other which didn't sit too well with his ex-wife because i read this in the last issue back to back because mm-hmm. I, I was a little behind on it so so there was that stuff and then it turns around that the stuff that happens in this book which jessica was rather upset about um once she found this out because of the nature of the the, the, the um the ex-wife and then this ends up happening i'm like huh that's interesting but um, but it was cute though. I I I thought you know it I wrapped it up quite nicely and neatly. And also we also see at the end of this uh, apparently while um, Jessica and, and and Roger are having their moment, uh, her and Carol are patched up, right? Which was kind of funny because it didn't seem like she was really paying that close attention to Carol, you know, as closely as, as you would think, given what she was doing. Right, but again, another uh, I would another uh um uh. uh Another panel for CB caps. Uh, yeah, that, I, I, I kind of like the. Uh, I think the, I did get one or two of them. The reaction, the, re, the 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 specific reaction of Jessica Drew once the the, the first and second bolts from the blue hit, uh, courtesy of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, the script on this was pretty good. Uh, basically, Jessica Drew says, "Oh, thank God." 
God. And I thought that was pretty good. Just the way it's the way it's drawn, you know, shout out to uh who's the artist on this? Uh Veronica Fish, I believe. I'm gonna double check. Yeah, shout out to the artist and, and shout out to uh Dennis Hopeless writing that. Yes, Veronica Fish artist. So uh, you know, shout out to that that team and Michelle Rosenberg on colors to uh you know to really depict a pretty uh uh, worn out, but but very thankful and very grateful uh, Spider Woman in that panel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so now she's got a new dude and she's got her bestie back, and all things are wrapped up just in time for just about right. Yeah, just about. I believe the next issue might be the final one. Well, since we're on books that that are ending or have ended, um, let's go to Scarlet Witch number fifteen because this is the last of that book. Um. So this is also another book that I had to read um, a couple of issues back to back. So which is why I, which is why this is gonna. So so bear with me here. I'm gonna try to paraphrase this. So last issue was a big fight uh, between um, Wanda, Agatha Harkness, and and her mother against chaos, not the chaos of the cosmic form, mind you, but another another thing called chaos, who was basically trying to kill magic or try to take over power from the goddess that gives witches and warlocks their power, which we find this said goddess in chains, not unlike um, eternity uh, bound in chaos magic. So they fight that fight was won, but the goddess was still, well, the fight was won with a little assist from one Quicksilver whom Wanda had um, fallen out with a few issues ago. And that seems to be patched up now. Um, this is mind you, everything I'm talking about right now is, is still last issue. Um, so that's patched up now. Uh, Wanda's mom had to insert her soul into the goddess's soul because the goddess was still dying. So that pretty much wraps up that. And in that, she uh, Wanda also finds out that um, it was not the high evolutionary that killed her mom, but her own father. And we still don't know who her father is, um, who their father is rather. Mm-hmm. So. Her mom's last um, gift, you might say, was giving Wanda back her her youth because every time she was using magic, her youth was going. And she gave Agatha Harkness back her life, so she's alive again. Well, she's not a floating apparition anymore? She is not. Nope. Okay. She's fully living and breathing now. Um, this was our last issue. Cut to this issue, which has absolutely nothing to do with that, but for anybody who, who cared anything about um, Scarlet Witch might want to know that information. So that pretty much wraps up pretty nice and neat. So this ep- this uh, issue seems to be like an epilogue because we find Wanda going um, doing one more job, or at least we see the flashback of her, which, which we find out to be her telling a story to the vision of her um, being an, an exorcist, which she has done a couple of times in the um, in the series. But this was kind of having some little uh, familiar tones because. The, the the spirit that was possessing her um, was basically trying to gain power from the spirit's bloodline, which the person the person they were um, possessing was in. And we find a little bit better backstory because this has been a running theme throughout the whole the whole um, series. Is that you know Wanda's been come across cases of witches with bloodlines that seem to come back to either aka how you haunt them or in one case kill them type of situations. So this is the last one of those. And this was the story of her telling that story to Vision and what looks to be a couple of more Avengers and Agatha Harkness, who it just happens to be there. Um, but the one thing we find out, which may be a note that will be addressed later on, we don't know, but the Emerald Warlock, who has 
kind of come and gone within this series, you know, sparring against, as in, as in trying to be a rival to Wanda, kind of shows up in the past and saying, well, you know, we're going to have this fight one of these days, but, you know, that'll happen at some point, which we'll, again, we will never see here because this, this is the last issue of this. And at the end of the book, we see, you know, Wanda finishing recounting her story to the vision and they talk a little bit about, you know, how she's grown and this and that and other. And the end result being is that she wants to come back to the Avengers. And that's where the, um, and that's where the book ends. So it's wrapped up all nice and neat, but it was pretty good. I said, I enjoyed, um, James Robson's, you know, storytelling and all this. Um, cool. Yeah. I remember you being a fan of the series all the yeah. way through. Yeah, it was good. It was good. All right. I mean, you guys want to just do rapid fire real quick now? Or do you want? Can. Did anyone else read Black Panther number eleven? I have a yeah, feeling that Roddy did. I did. Okay, so uh, I'm going to let you do most of this, Roddy, because I know <laughs> that you've been uh, you're far more familiar with some of the with, with some of the issues that I've kind of skipped past um, because I felt like the story was dragging. But this issue uh, was is another kind of like a uh, 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 wrap up to a long storyline. Yes. So take it um, away. Yeah. So. There were a couple of opposing parties. There was the Midnight Angels on one side, and then there was uh, Tetsu and I can't remember the other girl's name on one side. And those two parties had gotten into an alliance a, a couple of issues ago. Okay, I don't have that. Um, it's a variant. Yeah. I don't know that. That's pretty cool. So, but regardless, that alliance kind of fell through this issue. And um, however, Tetsu and this other person who has the ability to... Um, not control other people's emotions, but kind of enhance real things. Yeah, kind of enhance. And they've all been going to war, and it's all leading up to this because now the the battles started, and every, and uh, the opposing sides are at uh, the gates of um, the Golden City. They fight. Um, T'Challa in the last issue ended up going to um, what's the name? Sharamanga. I can't remember his actual name right now. I, I Changamir. Changamir. Thank you who was the tutor of Tetsu, uh, but Tetsu's kind of went astray of his teachings, but a lot of people in the Wakanda has been kind of following his teachings, and T'Challa himself was even kind of upset with him because um, Changamara went towards, uh, you know, went uh, before the UN to talk about, you know, what's been going on in Wakanda, and this kind of upset uh, T'Challa. But them two, they two talked, and, you know, they kind of hashed it out, and T'Challa needed his help against Tetsu because of the, of the other woman who could enhance uh, who could enhance emotions. That came into play during Zenzi. the course of the... Huh? Zenzi. Zenzi. I'm loving, I'm loving the, uh, the character page at the front of the book that tells yeah, me what it is. That. Yeah. Um, which actually there was... Uh, I'll get to that later. But there was something with the, the map page that, uh, that kind of struck me as curious that I just noticed. But anyway, so battle commences. Both sides are going on. They're, you know, once Changamaya speaks, uh, that kind of tips the battle a little bit until the people that are left are, are still enhanced. Shuri gets in there and kind of kicks a little some some ass and you know Shazala is noticing her the changes that's going on her and her and apparently that hopefully there's going to be some talk between them about what's really going on her with her you know because apparently they hadn't had time to talk since oh yeah she because she basically yeah she, I was about to say, she she uh, she came back from that stasis uh, yes. that she was in um, mm-hmm. and and basically plunged headlong into the current fight for uh, Wakanda. You know, basically mm-hmm. a civil war. So, um, right. she comes out on the side of uh, uh, T'Challa, and uh, while she doesn't, uh, she doesn't necessarily turn the tide. She definitely uh, proves to be a strong, 
uh, fighter for T'Challa's side. Um, yeah, uh, even you know, even to the to the point of because even T'Challa didn't recognize it until he saw her going into battle because he thought he was she she was needing help until she was like, well, no, nah, I don't. Right. So ultimately, to... right. So ultimately, you know, the, the the battle comes down to you know once once Changamire Changamire um, uh, kind of turns the tide with uh, the masses. You know, like they basically whittle the foe down to uh, you know a select few, so that uh, the Wakandan uh, uh, the Wakandan side isn't as vastly outnumbered. And uh, when it comes down to it, the spirit uh, is it T'Challa frees the spirits from the 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 spirits of the Wakandan kings, right? So he's had this as the tie, king of the dead, right? Because right. as the king of the dead since Shigor at the very least, but I think he's had he might have had this particular tie before that because yeah, that long before that, or like zombies and whatnot. But yeah, he's we're also talking about, we're talking about yeah, like multiple runs of of, uh, of Black Panther already. Exactly, the the lineage of Black Panthers came and helped him out during the battle, basically, right. including his dad. So, um, and that kind of tipped the battle. And um, I believe that was it because at the end of the book they have yeah, to. No, what I was going to say is what's teased is you know once they you know once they uh, basically come out victorious, what's teased is what's next for Wakanda and exactly. uh, the political. Uh, leadership that, uh, or, or the the the, uh, the political structure, even the legal structure, the leadership structure that Wakanda is going to institute in the wake of this uh, insurrection and civil war. And Zinzi's still out there because there was a there was a, there was a point where she and uh, Tetu was talking in a panel, and she was like, she sees many things, but then that nothing ever comes out of that, and Tetu gets captured, but Zinzi was still just like she was still running around. So we'll probably see something from that in the right. issues. And right. the the part where the, the Midnight Angels kind of came in, but they didn't really, you know, they didn't have anything to do with the battle. So some we're still gonna have to we're gonna deal with that in the next in the coming issues also. Gotcha. All right. I think we're officially in rapid fire time now. I believe that may be the case. Tim, you wanna wrap up the, the books that you read? I can do that. Let's see. I think Detective Comics nine fifty one was the other book I read this week. Unless we start rattling off titles and you'll come up with another. Actually, two more books. So. <laughs> See what I tell you? What I tell you? Well, it's the two, it's two, the two I had initially listed. There you go. <laughs> uh, so this kicks off the League of Shadows story where this uh, mystery group has infiltrated Gotham City. Uh, Batman's always believed that they were just a sort of folktale or never really existed, but uh, his uncle, uh, General Kane, or I forget whatever his uh, official title is, Kate Kane's father was right all along. Uh, they framed Batman for the murder of the Gotham City mayor, and so a bunch of bad stuff's about to happen. And the other book I had was Uncanny Avengers number 20, which is basically Deadpool and Friends versus the Red Skull's Unity Squad. So Deadpool had to go and recruit Spider-Man, a former member of the Unity Squad, at least from the first issue of this volume of Uncanny Avengers. And so it's Spider-Man Wong, Doctor Strange's uh, friend. And then it's just those, yes, it's just those three against the mind-possessed Unity Squad. So there was a lot, if you're a fan of the Spider-Man Deadpool comic book, you'll enjoy this because there was a lot of cool interplay between the two characters. You can sort of see how their teamwork comes, you know, the years of, well, not years, but I guess issues of working together. They have like a, they have a, a cool, cool they have a cool uh, sort of working relationship. And yeah. uh, Deadpool, the way since his mind's all jacked up, that's why he is not succumbing to the mind control. 
But the, that doesn't stop Red Skull from using Rogue to beat the living crap out of Deadpool. And that's where the issue uh, ends with the Deadpool being and bloody by Rogue and sort of threatening Red Skull saying, you know, why don't you come finish the job yourself? To which it looks like that uh, Red Skull actually will. Hmm. So, those are my I mean, does Red Skull Red Skull's appearance in this make sense with his appearances in Captain America, or does it feel like this is just some? We know um, Spencer Nick Spencer writes everyone to have like a dry, witty sense of humor, so you don't really get that too much from Red Skull here. But I think that this is where the Red Skull actually gets to use his stolen Xavier powers. Right. I think Spencer like uh, has already made the Red Skull say he doesn't want to use the powers as much like in the pages of Captain America. Like he's trying to, you know, convert hearts and minds, you know, uh, using right, regular old Nazi propaganda. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I mean. Does this feel yeah. like it's I mean, do the two books feel like they go together or do they feel like. Well, I feel like different Red Skull's running around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also feel like Red Skull hasn't really appeared that much in the Steve Rogers Captain America book recently. Mm. So, like, he just reappeared in uh, Uncanny Avengers, I guess, within the last, like, six months. He's kind of, like, been in the background manipulating Quicksilver while the Avengers were fighting Ultron, Hank Pym combination, and then the possessed uh, zombie Hulk. He's kind of been a running theme throughout um, throughout Uncanny Avengers, hasn't he? Or at least, yeah, yeah. They when the series this volume started, they were taking on a new and human threat, and then Cable joined the group, and then they kind of reminded people that you know, yes, they're you know a Unity Squad to help show men fences between X Men or mutants and Inhumans and Avengers, and so everyone can coexist peacefully and whatnot. But the real reason they're together is to actually hunt down the Red Skull since he has Professor X's skull or brain in his head. Mm. But uh, yes, it's kind of two different Red Skulls to go back to answer okay. Doug's first question. Good. Now now I know I don't have to read any of these. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, let me just wrap with my final book of the week because I can't believe I actually ran through all the books I read. Um, Electra number one, which was the sole hip-hop cover this week by Kieran Grant. This is the cover this week. This was unfortunately kind of difficult to track down because uh, Midtown Comics Downtown ran out of copies. I had to track my way to the main branch uh, hmm. by Times Square to get it, and that was a pain in the neck. Just extra travel. Is that Jay-Z? So, what's that? Is that Jay-Z? Do you know who, 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 what cover that is? Is it American Gangster? Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. I think so. It, that, it does look familiar now that you mentioned it. <laughs> I think so. Maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> I stop. You know what it is? I stopped checking because they stopped being like the super classic. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, I've seen a couple of this coming up. That's kind of interesting. But anyway. But uh, you know, uh, in any event, um, was it worth it to track this down for the hip hop cover? Maybe for the comic itself? No. Um, <laughs> I hate to be so harsh, um, but uh, it basically plays out. Uh, it's you know it, it's a, it seems like a story you've read a hundred times, and without spoiling too much, it really involves Electra being in a new setting, coming across someone who needs help. Electra decides to help in her own inimitable way, and she basically finds herself being observed by a long thought lost villain. Uh, without spoiling too much, I'm going to give you a really big clue. It was the villain behind Avengers. Uh, what was it? Oh, no, Avengers uh, Arena. Is that what it was? Nobody's read that, you know. <laughs> you know, I've read it. Right, and he's so, right. 
Right. So that oh, it's another book you read, Tim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, in any event, um, that's the that's the crux of the story. I've I was pretty much nonplussed by the whole thing. Quick quiz: How is Electra not dead again or again or again? <laughs> uh, the last time I checked, she was alive in the pages of Daredevil. So it's been a long time. You know, since she was been, she's been most recently resurrected. You know what I mean? She dies more often than Jason Voorhees. Oh no! What's that? Do what now? Take Jean Grey spot. Oh, granddad's not that much. I know. Don't don't at me. Oh, hate mail. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Who's got any more rapid fire? Hey, I got a couple. I got a couple. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Future quest number ten. Um, there's a fight between Cthulhu, Omnicron, whatever his name is. Um, the impossible to end up saving the day with a little bit of help from, from other, other folks. Um, Mitor disappears for a minute, but he meets the original Mitor and they talk about the, the club and their powers, uh, and the powers. Ty gets back with everybody else. Space Ghost wakes up and, um, has basically been awake for a while, but has been kind of sizing up every, the whole group together of, you know, like Dr. Quest and, and uh, everybody who's of Earth that he did not know. And apparently he's, he has a plan now, which involves finding fear, the, the group, fear, and recruiting them, them for the battle ahead. So this is issue 10, and you know the, the book is ending in a couple of issues, but it's still been pretty good. So we are leading up to the big battle uh, coming up. That, that should be pretty good, and whatever else might end up happening with this series. So there is that. Um, oh, there, there was a, um, I, speaking of little callbacks, so anybody that has, has known about, uh, or has been a fan of Johnny Quest, there is a familiar sound effect that gets, um, get, gets played out during, uh, one of the fight sequences or during a panel. And, and I enjoyed that also because hmm. I could just hear it and it was, it was pretty cool. Um, last book is Occupy Avengers number four. So, Basically, this issue ends up serving up the fact that Tildes Johnson, a.k.a. the Deadly Nightshade, joins up with uh, Hawkeye and Red Wolf, essentially. So what happens is after the events of last issue, they, they come across an old secret, um, one of Nick Fury's old um, secret bases that has not only an LMD of him, but of Dum Dum Dugan and Gabe Jones. And uh, this is a, a, um, a secret area that, has been out of loop because apparently something happened in um, communications. So, but they've been woken up because it's been broken into a couple of times. And this Nick Fury thinks, Fury thinks that Hawkeye is one of them until he gives them some old shield code that, that Hawkeye knew, you know, to kind of try to save time. But then they, that's when they found out that all of this is going on. Uh, another break in happens, and they need uh, Tilda to, to kind of, uh, you know, patchwork the communications together to get the word out to what we find to who we find out. Um, at the end of the book is Nick Fury Jr. Uh, but after she does that, she comes out and pretty much saves everybody's bacon and and you know kind of shows everybody how bad as she is. She, uh, her and Nighthawk part ways because they were working together in his book, and which coincident not coincidentally was also written by David F. Walker. So you know there's a tie there. Uh, and like I said, we see her joining up with our uh, our Motley crew and even gaining an ally of sorts in. Nick Fury Jr., who's also saying like he doesn't even know who to trust anymore because he's you know because there's a lot of things that seem to going to play out uh, in one shape or form. So we don't know what that is entailing. It could be Super Empire or it could be just the fact that you know 
Shield's not what it was anymore. We don't, we're not, don't know what this is, but it, it was kind of ominous. So uh, that was pretty much it. And Hawkeye bar- uh, borrows a vehicle from Nick, and this was where we're going to see them off on their road trip as of next issue. The end. All right, you got any more? No, it's me. That's it. All right, and I got a couple here. Uh, Action Comics. This is Lois Lane and Clark Kent's date. And what makes this interesting is the fact that Clark Kent is not Superman. This is a completely different character. No one seems to know where he came from. Uh, He just appeared in action in Rebirth, filling the role of Clark Kent. Um, so Clark Kent and Lois go on this date and his history is very similar to Superman's, but there are, you know, small differences like his parents died in a fire and that's why he was raised by foster parents. Uh, just little things, you know, here and there that are a little different, but he's, he's trying really way too hard. He's, you know, just so gung ho. And so, you know, like we're meant to be together and whatever. And he ends up popping the question in the middle of their first date. And so, of course, Lois freaks out because, I mean, she's already married to Clark Kent uh, and she's not going to do this. So she backs off, which, of course, sets off Clark Kent in a rage. And um, so going forward, uh, Clark Kent is going to turn into this villain who has some sort of mysterious power or background. We're not sure what it is, but it's setting up, you know, something for the future. So it was interesting to see this play out because, you know, how can you have this Clark Kent walking around who's obviously not Superman, you know? Um, and they're just, you know, playing into that and explaining that story and playing it out a little bit. But the thing that I found interesting is on this cover. Um, if you, I don't know how well it's going to show up here on the screen, but if you look kind of close, uh, we've got Henry Cavell as Clark Kent here in the artwork. If you look real close, you can tell, see that that's his face, the actor that they drew on there. And it's, it's not so much on Superman, I don't think, um, or they just didn't capture it as well, but you can really see it on the Clark Kent face. I thought that was pretty cool uh, how they pulled that off. So anyway, uh, that's the uh, Superman nerd in me looking at that stuff. And then we've got Flash, uh, which is the rogues uh, figured out that the best way to beat the Flash was simply to break up. Um, they all did separate things at the same time. And what threw them off was Mirror Master made fake rogues appear on another part of the world, uh, looking like they're pulling off some sort of giant heist, when in fact the rest of them are out doing other stuff. Uh, we found that last issue that they did all of this so that they could just leave. Uh, they were going to finally pull a heist off on the Flash and then skip town and never mm-hmm. come back. And that was their way of finally beating the Flash. It was not so much beating the Flash, but just getting away with it. Um, but then what happens, of course, is that Flash outthinks them, traces them down to where they are, um, and is going to stop them before they can leave town, and it sets off this big confrontation, and it comes down to one of the characters actually tries to kill him, uh, which is something that like they never really did before. It was always this, you know, almost playful type thing, except yeah, for this it was one like an honor thing, right? Right, like, right, honor yeah. And so, and so, this one uh, character actually tries to kill him, um, but he had. Well, I won't spoil all this stuff, but anyway, um, it, it throws a wrench in the whole thing. And then at the end, we see the rogues take on a new role, uh, which will make sense when you get to the end of it. So it, it was fun. Um, the artwork, again, really, really good. Uh, you know, the coloring, the inking, like everything about this book. It's one of those books where, like, I read it, and then halfway through the story, I realize I'm just kind of staring at the artwork and the panels and not really reading the words. And I have to, like, snap out of it, go back. No, wait, i got to finish the story, mm-hmm. and then I can go back and look at the artwork. So it's a beautiful book from top to bottom, and the story was really well done so i've been impressed uh with what i need to play catch up on that series yeah it's it's really been good uh and it's weird because it is one of those um you know bi-weekly books so some issues do kind of drag out a little bit um because you know they know there's another issue coming in two weeks uh but i think overall it's been a really high quality book it's been one of the the best ones as part of the rebirth line 
Um, and then my final book is actually my click of the week for this week, and that is Letter 44. Um, this is issue 30, and this is kicking off the final arc. Uh, the story is finally going to wrap up with issue 36. And so kicking it off, we finally see... Okay, so to condense the long story down is that uh, the former president of the United States... When he left office, he left a letter for the new president coming in, and that was the letter 44. It's a letter written by the 43rd president to the 44th. Basically, they found alien life. They found it within our solar system. They found it hiding, and they found it building some sort of big contraption. They didn't know what it was. So they put a bunch of guys on a ship and shot them into space to try to figure out what was going on. And while here on Earth, everything that President 43 was doing, uh, as far as like going to war and you know fighting these different battles and and allowing this technology and stopping that technology was all trying to build some sort of weapons and armor and anything they could use to fight these aliens because they weren't sure if they were friendly or not. Well, what we found out since is that there's some great threat and this threat is going to smash right through our solar system and destroy earth. And all these aliens are doing is building a device where they can use the planets in our solar system to try to slow down this massive thing coming through to kill everybody. And just like an Arthur C. Clarke-type novel, which this, this pays homage to over and over again so many times, Earth is not the, the first target, and it's not the end target. It's somewhere in the middle, and these aliens trying to stop this evil force are going to do it a billion times over a billion years in order to finally stop it way down the road. We're just a, you know, a pebble on the road as it travels along. And so Earth has been thrown into chaos. Everybody on Earth knows that the end of the world is coming. Um, the, the people on the spaceship have been trying to work out a deal with the aliens to try to get some of their technology to save some of the people, but then it backfires. And you know, humans, as we are, we all backstab each other. And everything that has been you know, building up for 30 issues now starts culminating and falling apart. And there's a very real sense, as you start reading this arc, humanity may not make it. Hmm. You know, uh, A few might. Um, you know, but you really get the sense that, you know, the, the story that drives, you know, all these sci-fi things, uh, you know, Independence Day and uh, uh, Invaders from Mars and, uh, you know, any of these type things are always that humanity rises up and they crush it and they're able to come through bigger and stronger and better and drawn together. And this one is kind of saying, I, I don't think we're going to make it, you know, this is going to come and destroy us. And it's just part of the cosmic ballet of things that happen. Um, you know, we're just in the middle of a grand story that unfolds across the universe. And so it's been fun to see some of the confusing stuff that's been leading up to. Now you see how characters were playing each other and backstabbing each other. And they were thinking, you know, long term, two, three, four moves ahead. And now it's, you know, it's playing out. It's making sense where they are and what they were doing. And a lot of them have failed in what they were trying to do. But now you can look back on the series and say, okay, now I see, you know, why they were trying to do this, that, or the other. So uh, Charles Soule has really constructed a good story, uh, you know, a deep sci-fi epic out of this. And the, the spaceship is called The Clark uh, in honor of Arthur C. Clark, the guy who wrote 2001 Space Odyssey, um, guy who wrote Rendezvous with Rama and Childhood's End and all of these great sci-fi epics. So this really has that epic uh, sci-fi feel to it. So if you've ever been a fan of that classic type of sci-fi, this is definitely a series to get into. Um, if maybe you fell away from it because you felt like it got too muddied in the middle, now it is laser-focused, it's getting to the end, and you can see how all these pieces are coming together. So this just made me that much happier than uh, the uh, infamous Iron Man that came out this week. So that's why this is my click of the week over that. But they were both really strong books, but this one just edges it out. Cool. I'm looking forward to catching up on that whole series. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those here. that I, I might end up buying the collected volumes, you know, uh, 
and sitting down, if I can find a good deal at a con or something, maybe sit down and read them all like in a weekend, uh, instead of trying to dig out my back issues from all these boxes. But uh, it, it's, it's a good series. It's definitely uh, really well done. If anyone out there is on Comicsology Unlimited, I believe the first couple of volumes of that, that book is on Unlimited. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, I know I have at least seen the first two volumes. So Interesting. Clicks of the week. Before we do clicks of the week, let me, I want to bring up something really, really cool while you're thinking about it. Um, so I want to give shout-outs to Zoned Out Media and uh, um, my friend Kat Mars, um, Martian Cat in, in some circles, who are watching on YouTube. So shout-out to them. Um, and Zoned Out Media asked how many Superman are in the... Uh, DC Universe, I'm, I'm assuming currently, and, and I've told them probably three, because that's all I can think about. Is that correct or no? Uh, you mean how many Supermen have we seen, or how many are operating on the Earth? That is the oh, wait, and I guess, um, yeah, so that part I don't know, but I'm guessing... See, operate, I'm saying operate currently. On, on Earth right now, in the main how DC many Universe, currently? there's just the one. There's just the one Superman. Okay, the so you're not counting... Were we not counting like Superman? I'm sorry, what? No, I was about to say, so we're not counting his kid, or I guess Kara, or... Well, no. Well, I consider that Supergirl and Super. If you want to just say how many oh, yeah. supers, um, there's and that, and that and that um the one in China, right? Um, no, yeah, I guess he counts. So I guess yeah. there's two. There's two technical Supermans running right. around. But if you want to count the whole family, then you've got his son, uh, Superboy, Superman, New Superman, Superwoman, Supergirl. Yeah. I think that's it. That's it for right now. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. But I mean, it's a super family. I mean, when you you know, it's you got Batman and Nightwing and Robin and yeah. Red Robin and. Uh, Ooh, Red yeah. Robin. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> Young. And yeah, that is all right. <laughs> that, that, is current, um, that is current DC Prime universe. Yeah. So anyway. All right. all right, clicks of the week. Yeah, so I'm going to make a choice. Um, I'm going with Amazing Spider-Man number 24 because it is such a strong addition to the Clone Conspiracy uh, miniseries. I'm going with Detective Comics number 951 because it has been one of my favorite DC Rebirth titles, and this new League of Shadows story has a lot of potential. Curious to see how they take things with this new, I guess, shadow organization that's kind of splintered off from the League of Assassins. Cool. All right. So we got everybody's click. What's Roddy's? Um, Occupy Avengers number four. Nice. Got it. That might be the first time. What actually made me want to read uh, a Tilda Johnson book? Hmm. All right. So uh, let me get our first ad read in before we move on to the news. Uh, let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, earbuds, gaming headsets for both PlayStation and Xbox, DJ headphones, and headphones for your iPod and MP3 players. And now, for, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right. So now we have the cinematic news of the week up. The Incredibles 2, Samuel L. Jackson on returning as Frozone. Still looking for a super suit? 
Where, Where is, is my, my super suit? suit? <laughs> so, two conflicting reports. First, we I had know. Bat- first we had Batman. The Batman may not have a director, a new director, just yet. That as- was last week. And then today we had the Batman officially signs Matt Reeves as director. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because, like I said, that that the first article was like, yeah, talks have broken broken down with him, and it may not be the case. And now it's confirmed. So I guess they threw enough money at him or something. It was a big. It was a big uh, TV slash movie week. Yeah. Harry Potter's David Thewlis suits up as Ares in Wonder Woman. Wow. Star okay. Wars: The Clone Wars is possibly possibly leaving Netflix March seventh. No. Why is it possibly? It's not on the list. What was Where that? Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Why is it possibly? Is it not on the um, list? Because you know, so, so you, if you've ever been there and they have the little expiring date on right. them, I believe somebody. It, it might be in the article, but there was a there was something like that that was listed in this article. And this is about the time where we'll find out what's leaving mm-hmm. anyway. So, Han Solo, smuggler, scoundrel, hero, a new Star Wars begin. What's that say? Basically, the new Star Wars story begins. Yeah. So your first like set photo. Yeah. Was was released. Yeah, that is cool that they're actually working on that right now. Star Wars: Last Jedi shot partially in IMAX. Yeah. So we knew about that deal that 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 we talked about a few months ago, and this is you know talking about that a little bit. The new Chewbacca pins a heartfelt letter to Star Wars fans. What does it say? Like, please don't hate me because I'm taking over. Why does it say? Yes, it's not it's not not <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like he's you know humbled it down to give the chance to to play Chewbacca, that kind of situation. You know, Agent Seventy beat me to it. I guess uh, the season three of Voltron on Netflix was confirmed. Yeah, uh, that came out at Toy Fair, which we'll get to more of that later. Yeah, it's always watched it. Yep, speaking of, if you're watching the, the video. What's I that? The Black Lion. Yeah. I got the Black Lion. Nice. nice. I told y'all that I binged Stranger Things last weekend. Oh. I'm not sure if you mentioned it, yeah. I no loved it. Nice. Yeah, you it's better. Like, you better. Only eight, only eight <laughs> episodes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, give me more. That's cool. Uh, let's see, so now, I guess we're not into Toy Fair stuff just yet. Not yet. Can't wait. But uh, get your popcorn ready. Oh, I'm pulling out all the all the uh, the football cliches. So again, this is another I guess earlier last week reported, and then this week kind of debunked. But that might just be because of wording. But uh, first, there was Logan has a post credit scene, right? And I think the director came back this week and said there is no post credit scene. But as we were, me and some people were discussing, uh, actually, it might have been today. Is is that just because it's a mid credit scene? Are they being coy with the wording? Oh, yeah, they did that. Yeah, always possible. Uh, Jamie Chung will Which play... Which will be tele- a first for a Fox movie, I think. Yeah. So I have anything like that, so... Jamie Chung will play Teleporting Mutant Blink in Matt Nitz's X-Men show. Series. Honestly, I don't understand why people love this character so much. I don't know. I don't so know. Just break out and captivate audiences. Who, yeah. who is it? Blink. 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 From... X-Men. Yeah, it was like a uh, Metal yeah. run of X-Men. Uh, and also um, Exiles. Yeah, Exiles. But she became popular during the Age of Apocalypse, really. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. see, I didn't read any of that stuff. I don't get it. I really don't. <laughs> Deadpool 2. Okay, Washington responds to Domino casting rumors. 
Guillermo del Toro says Hobo 3 will 100% not happen. Sorry, Dirk. That sucks. I didn't even want to read that story. <laughs> it's not like well, I've kind of three. resigned myself to it by now anyway, you know? Yeah. I feel like the first two didn't take the world by storm anyway, so. But the first one was great. I haven't even watched the first two. I honestly haven't watched the first two, but I hadn't read, I hadn't hadn't seen the second um, one. But I got to get around and watch it. I think I think Hellboy is definitely on Netflix. So see, you guys are the reason why. <laughs> oh. Hey, I paid money and saw both in theaters. Yeah, so did I. So can't blame me. And I hate comic book movies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Zone Out Media says it's a teleportation thing. I, I'm guessing by why people like Blink. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's mm-hmm. something cool about the character design. Like I said, it came out when she came out. She was introduced when Metareo was doing a lot of work on the books. So, yeah, you know. she had a nice visual. Yeah, when he and Cat says uh, Stranger Things is amazing. I've yet to see it. So, what? Uh, uh, you can fish it in two days. You're all yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> You got to watch it, Roddy. You do. Eh, I'm proud of myself. Maybe because I'm not much of a binger, but yeah. yeah once you got I into it, it's like you want to find out what happened next. You know. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, it's only eight episodes. I didn't realize that to like the fifth episode. That is one of those shows I would watch with my wife, and it would be, you know, like 11, 15 at night. She's got to get up at 6 o'clock the next morning. She's like, oh, all right, just one more. It's like 44 minutes. Okay, one more. Just do one more. Yeah. And then I'm going to bed. Then I'm going to bed. Yeah, you start counting how many hours of sleep you're actually going to get. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, if, I get, if I get four hours, <laughs> I can still function, sort of, yes. That's I how we work. We started, we started last Friday night. She had to get up the next morning, not early, but she had to go on campus at like one o'clock for something. So it's like we watched three or four, three, I think maybe four episodes actually, like Friday. We watched one Saturday morning, and I promised not to watch any while she was gone until she came back, and then we finished it Saturday night. So now that's good, a commitment for you. Good time. Yeah, I know. I'd be like watching the first half hour of the next episode and then like <laughs> rewind it back. So right, and pretend like it doesn't, it doesn't it show the progress <laughs> bar at the bottom, you know? Got to be sneaky. Uh, Tom Hiddleston hints at Loki's feelings towards Doctor Strange. Hella, uh, the X Force movie may have a new writer. That's been Joe confirmed. Carnahan, which has now been confirmed. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was a week of casting and director news. The play actually won't even go anywhere, but we'll see. Mm. Embrace the power of Marvel's Iron Fist, a new featurette and motion poster. Listen, that's going to drop in. A, it's it's barely three weeks away. Yep. Holy cow. And this is actually some news I need to post on my site. But uh, CW's, CWC's animated Vitson series coming to Blu-ray as Vitson the movie. Okay. Yeah, this, is, this is fairly new. Just just saw it uh, earlier. Yeah, I got an email about it, but I was out today. And finally, Nightwing movie coming from Lego Batman director. So wait, is it a Lego Nightwing movie? No, live action. Weird. Yeah. yeah right? Huh. Of all characters, Nightwing. Yeah, his movie will come out for him. So, should take bets on what comes out first: a Nightwing movie or Cyborg or Shazam movie? Oh gosh, <laughs> Green Lantern two. Oh no! Oh, yeah, the Green Lantern movie. All right. And this week we had the May 2017 solicits. Tons of them from every yep. publisher. Yep, and news. From the and now comic news and toy news. Uh, oh hey, yeah, let me let me set up. I need to set up some of this. So <laughs> and toy news. Freaking messing up everybody's budgets for the for the coming year. I know, right? 
Jeez, man. I like that there's a toy section now. I mean, you know, we've dabbled it in every now and then. Exactly. But... Like every time, you know, every time there's something that's that's really worth discussing, we try to stick it in the comic section. Am I good to go? Yeah. Go uh, I'm going to start. Sure. I can go ahead and get this screenshot Le- ready. Lego bricks, brickheads finally come to the masses in Marvel and DC flavors. And I don't know what that is. So those, oh, I'm showing them on the picture. Yeah, because these, these next ones are more visual. Oops, uh, are more visual. So that's why you have to watch the the video show, people. Yeah, seriously, because we will be putting up images on the screen. Toy Fair 2017, Hasbro Marvel Legends press images. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about this. Okay, see, these, so these next couple are going to kind of blend in together because I think I kind of weeded them out because there are, are some pictures in one that, does, that the other one's not showing. So that being said, I'm excited because, blam. Hell, yeah, I'm putting it up too. There is a, a, an A-Force collect uh, exclusive set that's going to be sold in Toys R Us. It's yep. going to have uh, Elsa Bloodstone, uh, a new the new character uh, singularity. Uh, singularity. It's mm-hmm. going to have Lady Sif, uh, uh, female Lady Loki. Loki, exactly yep. female Loki, She Hulk in her classic garb, and for the first time ever in uh, Marvel Legends, of uh, a, a, a Spectrum slash Captain Marvel slash Photon. Yeah, that's pretty Marvel awesome, and I'm excited for that one. And they spend, well, yeah, this article spelled that one wrong, so that's great. That's pretty. What happened cool. to Singularity anyway? She's still around. Yeah, or she was still, as of uh, the last X Force, um, A Force, A Force, um, right? So just very, uh, you know, like uh, Roddy's going to scroll through. I'm going to also have it on my screen. Uh, you know, so you, you're, you've got a priority though. So, so uh, oh, because I'm because I'm jibber jabbering. Um, so uh, they, you know, they obviously are going to have a new wave of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, figures for the, the the next movie. So there's a new Gamora. Uh, there's a they're actually uh, putting out uh, Adam Warlock with an alternate Magus head. Uh, they're putting out, believe it or not, a Death's Head 2 figure, which is one reason why I'm kind of hesitant to get the set. <laughs> um, uh, there's an ex Nihilo figure, which is kind of cool, you know, from uh, the Hickman run of Avengers. Um, the Build-A-Figure, surprisingly enough, for this uh, set is Mantis, which kind of ticks me off because I'm, I'm kind of used to getting like the kind of bigger, badder uh, figures as a Build-A-Figure. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see if I decide to plunk down the money for the whole set. There's a Nebula that is coming out. There is a new rocket that's going to be more articulated than the first version that came out for the first movie. It's going to include a, 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 a baby Groot with the Ravager's uniform on. Uh, there's going to be a new Star-Lord with a long coat and a scarf. I guess that's going to depict, and, and I think the head sculpt is a little bit more accurate for um, of uh, of uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, there's going to be a two pack of uh, spoiler alert for anyone watching this or, or who's about to tune into the video to this. Um, there is an image that is on the screen now of what uh, Ego is going to look like for at least part of the movie. So there is a two pack of uh, Ego and Peter Quill in a short uh, leather jacket. That's going to be an exclusive, I believe. Uh, there are images now, officially confirmed images of the what used to be a Build-A-Figure Groot that's going to be uh, uh, issued as a single figure in uh, Toys R Us as an exclusive. The head sculpt is, uh, is, is changed to be more positive looking to reflect what's in the first movie. And it's also going to um, contain two additional minifigures, uh, Kid Groot, uh, baby slash baby Groot and baby Groot in a potted pl- as a potted plant. So that's a pretty cool uh, three, you know, three pack. Uh, there's going to be more Baby Groot stuff. There's going to be like a, a big Baby Groot that I guess makes noise. Um, 
you know, there's a number of images I'm going to click through. Uh, this issue, this, this uh, caught uh, Tim Dog 98's eye, a new 3.75 inch set of Guardians of the Galaxy, a la uh, the Abnett and Lanning uh, comic series. Uh, Spider Man Homecoming has a number of new figures. There's a tomb, I'm going to go through this quick tombstone, a classic beetle that I guess people have been clamoring for. Um, the Captain Universe Spider Man, which is really cool. Uh, shout out to Acts of Vengeance. Um, there's a spoiler alert, minor spoiler alert here. They have uh, released uh, uh, images of a Marvel Legends figure that basically spoils what the uh, the, the 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 beginning Spider-Man Homecoming uniform is going to look like. I'm not going to describe it. It's a spoiler. There's a Spider-Man Homecoming uh, figures. Uh, there's going to be a shocker. I think this is a two-pack with a shocker. Uh, more images of the Spider-Man Homecoming. There's a great one with uh, the web wings. I think it's in there. There's a Vulture, the new modern Vulture. They're also putting out a Sinister Six uh, uh, set in 3.75 inch. I'm clicking through them quickly. Uh, it's a very classic Sinister Six lineup uh, with a lot of the familiar characters. One of the things I'm really excited about is they're putting out a two-pack. I believe it's Toys R Us. It's Mary Jane Watson with uh, current Spidey with the glowing chest symbol and glowing eyes. That's pretty cool. They're also doing a two-pack of uh, a somewhat classic-looking vulture, but the wing, uh, the wing sculpt is kind of weird, and uh, Spider-Man. You know, I'm clicking through that. Um, I'm not so keen on that. They're also finally doing some Ooh. Netflix character action figures. What's on the screen now is the Daredevil. Um, next is the Elektra, and you'll see here that the costume from the Netflix series is what they're adapting to the Elektra series that is uh, that that, that uh, started this week in uh, the comic universe. Uh, next is a pretty accurate-looking Jessica Jones. It's actually pretty cool-looking. Uh, they're, do, they're doing a, a lot better job with their sculpts. They're a lot, they're, they're, at least of the the sculpts of the um, the, the the actors are are becoming more and more uh, like real likenesses and you'll see what i mean next when you look at the punisher if you zoom in that really does look like uh uh shane from the walking dead so uh there is also later on in the year uh in conjunction with uh thor ragnarok uh the movie dropping they're going to put out a thor six inch figure line and that's when we're going to see jane foster thor in six inch marvel legends form totally got to get that um, and they also mentioned that Walgreens is the place to get your Fantastic Four fix. They've already announced, um, and I believe this is the one that's coming out first this year, uh, an Invisible Woman with a Herbie. All right, like, that is odd. That I'm buying that one, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm getting that one. I'm getting that one, too. And I'm totally going to get the, uh, the, the Human Torch that's coming up also. Um, jazz that uh, the Fantastic Four are getting some love from Marvel Legends. Uh, there's more 12 inch uh, figures coming out. There's a Deadpool. I know there's lots of Deadpool fans are going to clamor for this. Um, I was mistaken uh, when I was tweeting out some of the news that was coming out of Toy Fair. Uh, I was under the impression that there was a new Hulk six inch figure, but I was wrong. It's actually going to be a new 12 inch figure. And that's on the screen right now. It's going to come with uh, alternate heads. One is a modern comic and one that looks more uh, Sal Buscema esque. Actually, that's a very, that's very much inspired by uh, the artwork of Sal Buscema, who had a long run on um, mid-'80s Hulk and basically established a, a clear look for the character. Uh, and there's also going to be a 12-inch Thor that looks very much uh, inspired by uh, you know, costume Viking stuff you know, and with alternate heads, hel- with and without helmet, and with the, uh, variations of uh, uh, Mjolnir being powered up. 
clicking through this. Uh, there's also going to be a black costume Spider-Man uh, with uh, Peter Parker having the Venom symbiote crawling uh, uh, across his face as a var- as a variant head. Uh, the cosplay stuff is back. So um, last year they had uh, the Captain America shield, which I got in, in the plastic form, not the metal form, because the metal form cost freaking $275. But the plastic form was pretty cool uh, on, you know, in its own right. So this year, oh, and it was an Iron Man helmet as well. This year they've gone a step further with the helmet by doing the Star-Lord helmet from the movies which i think and, we talked about last week with the uh, with the other uh, mjolnir exactly but it, it was cool to get more information about these this is actually going to be bluetooth enabled so you'll be able to play music uh in the uh the earpieces on the helmet and <laughs> uh you know these are the major announcements for toy fair i'm just now uh showing some of the the, the press photos for the mjolnir and surprise surprise i've already pre-ordered mine on amazon so that's that for the press images, at least for. Did the you? Uh, I think you missed one. Did you? Did you get the Moon Knight one? No, they did not have a press image of that. Well, not in go. this. Not in this article. Yeah, oh, there was. Well, yeah, one of the articles I had had, had yes, a small one because I was on right one. exactly. I was on. I'm on actionfigurepicks.com. Right. You have a, a a source from marvelousnews.com. That is very cool. That is part of the homecoming wave. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I had a couple of them because it's Marvelous News, and then there was... Uh, oh, yes, and the X-Men. Yeah. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. So let's switch to... Um, uh, you can talk about it now so that you stay primary on the screen. What's that? So, because when I talk, I'll go on the screen. I won't have... I have it set to Roddy. Oh, you do? Okay, good. So there is the uh, Moon Knight that Roddy has uh, put up on the screen. Yep. You can move on to some of the other ones that we didn't have, because I believe there is the Dark Phoenix set, the two-pack. Um, with a Cyclops, and, yeah, it. it's a Cyclops, and a Dark Phoenix that you were just on. One? Yes, yeah. so it's a variation on the the Phoenix that was released in in the uh, Juggernaut Builder Figure wave. Uh, it's got a different head and a different paint job, but the body's essentially the same. But the the head and the head sculpt is different. And I think those are the two that I missed, right? The main ones. I believe that might have been it. Yeah, because uh, that was that for that. Oops. Yeah, I think you covered pretty much everything else. So now we can go on to whichever the whichever the next one says. Like I said, a couple of these are going to run together, so don't don't mind that. Uh, and so the next one will be well, crap. So you got through the moonlight. Uh, oh, Lego. Here we go. So Lego was also at Toy Fair, and every year they do a gigantic um, build of a figure. And this year was Captain America, as you can see here. I was, nice. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad look one, but they're also you see them standing under the um Avengers logo there. Some shots of little close ups. But they are also uh talking about some of the other stuff. So they got Ninjago, Lego Batman with his mic, of course, from the movie. And it's Ninjago. There's Batman I mean excuse me, Robin and, and Batgirl from the movie and some other Lego Batman stuff. So I'm gonna try to go through some of this stuff quickly. Star Wars stuff, you know, which you know, we kinda cover here. Uh, let's see. I think that was it for 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 Lego. But yeah, certain stuff, some random stuff, and the the Brookhead stuff that we were talking about earlier. But that's that. So now we go to the next one, which is Transformers, which I'm pretty sure will wake dirt up. Dirt up. Uh, um, I'm sorry, what Transformers? What? <laughs> <laughs> so here we have the, the Hasbro Transformers reveals. Uh, figures include Croc, Quake, Top Spin. Titan, Master Chasm, Freeze Out, Gator Face, Optimus Prime, Nautica, Quick Face, Quick Switch, Fast Lane, Rodimus, Cosmos, Book. You know what? You can see all the stuff as, as I'm scrolling down to them, including a Treptacon that we'll get down to, and a bunch of Headmasters. 
So I kind of want to get some of these because I I did not get any of the headmaster stuff when it was uh, originally out. I think I, I did get one. Another thing about it. Well, I mean, they have some headmaster stuff out now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but that prime but is never had any original, and then it was like, well, ooh, that's a cool prime. Is that coming out this year? Uh, I believe so. Yes, because I know they've done a number of these primes before. Is this on a different scale? Is that what makes this one different or special? I'm not sure. Or is it just a reissue of like the masterpiece. Uh, no, I, that part I'm not sure. I think it's it's part of the headmaster line, so it's in scale with those figures we've been getting. Yeah, we'll do it in, in the truck. Okay, I'll keep so track of it because I've been looking. Cosmos. I've been looking to buy uh, one of the the, the reissued um, uh, Optimus Primes to fill a gaping hole in my childhood. It's a triple changer, which is not having an Optimus Prime. I'm very, <laughs> very, very much annoyed by that. Yeah. yeah, see, I've got I've got the original, the remake, and the generation. Oh, you got to rub it in dirt. Seriously, <laughs> you got to oh, bring it back here. You got to you got to rub it, rub some Power salt Master, in. Power Master one right there. But oh, this one every what. Do you still do those? Farmers Fridays? Yeah, Farmers Friday on uh, yeah. thatnewtoysmail.com, part of the Pop Culture Network. Ching, ching! There we go. So, anyway, it looks it. And um, Windblade, let's see, there's Trip- Triptychon, you know. So, I'm not those that I'm just scrolling through real quick. And then there's some from Robots in Disguise, the TV show. But they're making combiners now for Robots in Disguise. That's yes. cool. So, that's cool. And then, of course, the Transformers last night, they have some figures from that also. Yep. <laughs> uh, agreed. So that is the Transformers stuff. Well, with the exception of actually, I'm gonna skip to that one because I was just gonna say. I was gonna add, by the way, I'm very happy that they made a kind of com a cartoon accurate Optimus Prime that transforms. That's re- you know, like once they did that, I was like, all right, I'm in. I gotta find the right version. And that's what I'm gonna buy. Nice. So we have Transformers Monopoly being a game that you can eventually buy, as you can see here. Uh, it is from Winning Solutions. You can see the pieces in the board, and apparently you can hang it up on the wall. If you, they got it the word, you can hang it up on the wall because these side things uh, flip over, and you can hang it up on the wall. Um, here's a look close-up of the couple of spaces. Park Place and Boardwalk are Optimus and Bumblebee. Don't know why Bumblebee, but sure. Because that's his um, right-hand man. Yeah. What? That's his right-hand man. Sure, I guess. I mean, that's his I almost one. bought the masterpiece. I almost bought the masterpiece Bumblebee. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I bought it. It comes with a spike <laughs> in like a, you know, in his, oh, in his suit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, cool. So instead of uh, houses and hotels, you got Energon cubes that you could put on, on, on the, the spots to, to, I guess, level up your, uh, the transformers that you, you buy quote unquote on the board. Here's a shot of the money, which has the, um, the uh, Decepticon and Autobot logos on it. Here, a shot of the pieces. Which, uh, yeah, that's Optimus Prime right there. So good on that. And I think that's Megatron right there. Matrix of, no, that's Unicron. There's the Matrix leadership. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. Now, get, okay. So how much would you pay for this? 40 bucks. I'm betting it's $279.99. Tim? No answer from Tim? Uh, <laughs> probably nothing because I actually wouldn't. No, no! <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently, this little jobby is going to go for a price tag of somewhere around 500 to 600 What? What? Yes. You know how many uh, uh, Masterpiece Optimus Primes you can get with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, which is ridiculous for any kind of, you know, for anything. Hey, look, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, and it just passed right by me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, moving right along. Let's see. We talked about Moonlight. We talked about the Lego stuff. We talked about... Let me get off the screen share real quick. Oh, and now I guess we can go back to the news. So, because after this... after Oh, no, no, no. Nope, nope. Got one more. I'm sorry. I got two more, which I thought I had up. Well, crumbs. All right. Kotobukiya. I hope I'm saying that right. Kotobukiya. Kotobukiya. Yeah, that worked. Yeah. Um... There's also a line, and some of these I really, really want. Uh, so there's the Star Wars stuff. You got, you know, the droids. You got uh, Obi-Wan, old uh, classic Obi-Wan. It's pretty dope. Uh, you have uh, the Bride from Kill Bill. You have a bunch of Super Friends stuff. Speaking of Super Friends. Yeah, really. <laughs> you have uh, Joker, Luthor, Sinestro, Sinestro. You have another Harley Quinn for the Bishoji line. Um, you got Wonder Girl from Bishoji line. Green Lantern. Uh, Flash, Superman, yada yada yada, um, Batman's Wonder Woman, got Captain Cole, yeah yeah yeah, Black Mantha, to Harley Quinn, Batman and Robin. Actually, that's a pretty dope set right there too. But um, Squirrel Girl and whoops, let's not get into it yet. They got Chucky, Edward Scissorhands, and the one I'm most excited for is the Miss Marvel Bishoju uh, statue, which I have no idea how much that costs. Actually, the, the um, just to be determined. Yeah, I know, which means it's probably going to be now. Unless it's going to be like the Squirrel Girl, it's going to be like eighty bucks or something. Yeah, I was about to say it's probably under a hundred, but on the high. I side. mean, it's not like the one I really want—the the, two fifty for um for for Black Panther for the fine arts um yeah joint. But here's a um here's a Vision fine arts statue, which is two hundred eighty bucks according to to the to that. But once you get to that that scale, uh, right? The fine arts stuff is usually always really yeah. really pricey, so. And then, of course, we have some spiders. There's a good spider Gwen right there. And um, Star Wars from, I mean, Star Troopers from Rogue One. What is not shown is there's also a Katana one, which apparently they're not showing here. That uh, some, some other place said that it was, might have been on the show floor. Uh, but no one got a picture of it, I guess. Uh, let's see. And I think finally with the toy stuff, we have Funko Pops, which is um, which we'll get to that in a, in a, in a little bit also. So we have some Funko Pop pictures of various uh, properties, including Guardians of the Galaxy, Power Rangers, Space Jam, Looney Tunes stuff, uh, Westworld, you know, Gravity Falls, you know, Kingdom Hearts, yakety, yakety, yakety. All of that coming in the new year. Uh, Rugrats of all things. Sure. You know. Listen, they make Funko Pops of pretty much anything right now. So Basically. I'm mad I missed the, the public enemy ones. Those are old. Yeah, those. Yeah, I was about to say the music ones. Yeah, the the the, the, the rap star ones mm-hmm. are very much in demand. They are very rare. Um, you know, they actually came out a number of years ago now, so they are actually uh, they go for a pretty penny on eBay. Speaking of Stranger Things ones, for for you folks. Oh, that's scary. Hey. So yeah, so that was it for the uh, for the toy fair stuff, and I think the only other thing that that was squished in between there was. Um, was not Toy Fair related, but I think came out around the same time. Was if I can find it, there's a Transformers um, mobile game coming out Alrighty. called uh, Forge to Fight, and it's made by Kablam, and it's coming. Oh yeah, well, like I said, it was at Toy Fair, um, and it's a fighting game, unlo- uh, kind of like the the DC and the Marvel ones, They're the same kind, like um, Contest of Champion looks like, and um, DC Legends. Uh, not sure when it's coming, but you know, there you go. It's got like everything from Optimus to Rhinox from Beast Wars and some other stuff. So now we can go on with the rest of the news with the um, starting from Grumpy Cat. 
Grumpy Cat and Garfield comic is either the worst idea ever or perfect. Oi. Korra and Asami stroll the spirit world in first comic sequel pages. Marvel okay. Unlimited reaches 20,000 comics. So part of this was, um, so this was last week. And if, if you were already in Marvel Unlimited, you probably got an email saying, hey, here's a code for that you can give to uh, somebody for a couple of books. And also another code that you can give somebody for a free month of uh, Marvel Unlimited, which I believe expired a couple of days ago. So if you if you missed out on it, that's that. But yeah, they, it expired on uh, Tuesday. Right. Which I gave both mine out. So hopefully they used them before it's in. Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is getting a comic book series. Look at that. Yes. And side note, that's going to be on Netflix um, April 14th. Wait, wait. Are they going to do a comic where they look at other comics and they put their own like <laughs> word balloons on top of them? I mean, how does that work? That'd be pretty meta. <laughs> I mean, I'd read it. You know, mm. I'm just. How, how does the mechanics of that work? I'm not sure, and they don't. They don't necessarily. We'll have to wait for a, a preview copy to find out. Yeah. Who's publishing it? Do you know? Dark Horse um, says Dark Horse. Okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a couple things that because Dark Horse was. Had to run on things. Between we the may or may not and that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Single Smurfette No More. The Smurfs discover, when, discover women in new comic. And that comic is from the DC book. No. no I think that's on, is that Dark Horse? It's usually Paper Cuts or one of those. Yeah, Paper Cuts, actually. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Dark Horse, they team up with Karen Berger, Berger for a burger. Is it Burger? I think it's Burger. I think it's Burger. burger. Yeah. Yeah. So she'll be editing that line. Speaking of which, uh, I could go with some Red Robin fries. Yo. <laughs> Red if, Robin. If, if you'd been in the YouTube chat, you'd have, you'd have seen where that came popped up. And latest Star Wars novel, Jar Jar's fate is revealed. He is not the last Jedi. I saw someone put up a uh, picture of that. I was like, no, stop with that. You crazy hey, internet people. I'm still willing to go with the fact that he might be Sith. So. Uh, Maybe Emperor Snoke. Oh no! Oh, that would be terrible. Oh, there, no! there was a rumor that they said he might be in one of the next two uh, movies. So we don't, oh, we, I don't know if that's been hash out or not. But apparently, whatever novel that just came out from Chuck Wendig saying he's still alive, and I'm kind of even, and I think that takes place. It's, it's the aftermath series, so I think it takes place around Force Awakens. I can't remember. It probably says I don't. I don't remember King and Walter's vision gets director's cut treatment. Yeah, cool. So anybody who missed out on Vision the first time can um, can relive the magic as as we all have. So I didn't really look at the story. Uh, if you could clear up something for me, Roddy, I appreciate it. Um, normally, uh, Marvel issues these uh, or publishes these uh, director's cuts for the first issue of a series. Is this for the entire series? Is this like a trade? It for the entire that it's, series? It, see, it seems like it's for... Because they said two issues... But it seems like uh, it made it sound like it's the whole run from this. So I may have read that wrong. We'll just have to take a look at the solicits as they come out. But because yeah, this is basically from a, 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 a um, and uh, an interview with Tom King on on uh, Marvel dot com from uh, a couple of days ago or something like that. I don't know the article's up there. Right. I mean they, so, the interview is up top. Yeah, I mean he's in the he's in the right thing. because that would be intense if it was all what was it twelve issues. Mm-hmm. That would actually be know. kind of on the expensive side too, you know, like all the extra pages for that trade, uh, for the hardcover. Uh, but I would, I would absolutely run to the to the shop to buy that. Shout out to Carmine yeah. Street Comics. 
Doctor Strange gets a new creative team in May. Yep. So this is something we found out in the um, solicits, which um, so Jason Aaron's and Bachelor's is it Bachelor or Bachelor? Either way, uh, last issue is twenty, which is also that month, and then the next issue, which is a couple of weeks later, will be Dennis Hopeless and um, oh shoot, Nico Henricon, Henricon. Whom I've never heard of before, and Chris Bachlow is at the very least doing the first cover for for the for that new arc, because um, Aaron's run will be finished, and they will have finished their arc before going to this new run. So I don't know how I feel about that because I've been loving Aaron's run on, on and I do like Dennis Hopeless. He's written some pretty good stuff, but uh, you know, uh, well, listen, Aaron's you know churning out some of the best Marvel stuff that's out there right now. So I'm kind of disappointed, but he's probably stretched on the thin side with all the stuff that he's uh, producing. I would think so. Yeah, he helped get it off to a good start through the launch of the movie. So, right, kind of pass the time. Yeah, I was reading one article saying it was like, well, yeah, the Star Wars stuff and the Thor stuff is pretty much the rest of his Marvel run, and that almost made me think of the fact was, wait, wait, is Jason Aaron leaving Marvel or something? Which I don't think is the case, but he's he, might, he already resigned with them last year. Right, I was about to say it might just be a break before he starts something new because my guess is that he's got you know he's got his creator own stuff that he still has license to do. Right. But in terms of his Marvel stuff, yeah, he's been churning out so much stuff, he might need a little bit of time to get ahead on maybe a new project. Yeah, but the Doctor Strange run has been good so far, so you know, embrace Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Francis Manipole swoops into Batgirl for a variant cover. New Star Trek comic showcases mirror universe of the next generation. Uh Captain Picard is the rest of that. Uh, this ain't your daddy's young blood. The classic image, image series returns in May, <laughs> which we knew about already. I think we've yeah. talked about it in the past. So, yes. Hey. Kieran Gillen suits up for James Bond. Yeah. Dynamite Entertainment announces the release of the Atari poster book. Yes. Yeah, so last year um, they had a, a book which I still haven't bought yet, and now they're coming out with the poster book, which apparently is going to have some pages you can. You can, yep, uh, as uh, they're holding up the Art of Atari. Oh, I'm going to put the... Yeah, focus on I, I still want to get that book. So now we have a companion book to that and a poster book that is coming. Um, and I don't think they give... Oh, April 2017. So it's coming soon. It'll be 40 pages of art. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's 40 pages of art and will be released in June, not April. Sorry. And you mentioned the new comic book series. Oh, Yes. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment announces Sword Quest, the first Atari comic in over 30 years, and that is true. Um, which is weird. Uh, this has been been written by uh, Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, which, by the way, that young boy just being, was being written by uh, Chad Bowers. So this was this Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was solicited in March, so and it'll come out in May. You know, fans of the old Atari Sword Quest, you know, all two of you, three of you, there you go. You got Aww. that. And our best check. <laughs> All right. Image gets into blind bots business, starting with rare Negan origin comic book. Oh wow. Yep. So they're doing the polybag thing, and there's going to be a rare a, a rare cover in there because apparently they hadn't learned from the other ones, or those did actually pretty good. I don't know. And that's it for comic book news. All righty. So uh, before we wrap the show, let me get our last ad read in for the night. And I got something uh, else. Oh, after you do oh that? that's right. You have a box. All right. So yeah, you want I got to the ad read in. Too, so. All right. So yeah, you guys want to do that before I do the ad read? Do the ad read. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Before all right. everybody tunes out, let's throw in an ad. Yes. 
This episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale at a discount each and every week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, such as Samojis, the many faces of Samuel L. Jackson as emojis, and Bernie Larry 2016, pretty, 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 pretty good, inspired by Curb Your Enthusiasm. And many more are on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then clicking on the Keep Our Podcasts free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. So to go back a second, um, yes, Matt, um, that Negan origin cover story and the, the rest of the cover to come from Image. Yeah. And yeah, we do need to go to Toy Fair, but we got to like kind of sneak our way in. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could, you know, get some, <laughs> get some sponsorship on that. That'd be crazy. <laughs> and another thing that was asked <laughs> in YouTube chat, um, Zone.Media Media asks, uh, says that loved Wildcats as a kid. Is Wildstorm any good? Now, we talked about that last week. And I can't remember who read it. It wasn't me. Or did anybody read it? Because I thought we talked about it. Wait, Wait what? A oh, Wildstorm. The Wildstorm. Oh, I read it. And? Yeah. Like, I have it, but I didn't read I liked it. it. But I didn't read, I didn't read much of the Wildstorm stuff back in the day, so I had nothing to yeah, compare yeah, it to. So, that's all, what, right. that's all we got for you on that one. But anyway, Dirk, you want to go and do yours? Uh, sure, okay. So, a um, couple months ago, I talked about a mail-order comic service, one of those you know, blind subscription things. You pay your money and you get a box with a bunch of comics in it. And I did it twice and got a bunch of garbage. Some of the stuff was damaged. I was, you know, just really like on the whole thing. So, uh, was that I was on coupon? Con- no. Uh-uh. Okay, good. No. Um, but I was contacted by a guy who runs another service. Um, it's called the comic of the month club. And we'll just throw out, the, uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Throw out the logo there. Comic, you can go to comic of the month dot club is actually the uh, URL where you can find them. And the thing that makes them different is that they do more of a personalized service. So when you go in, you subscribe to the service, and they have a regular service or they have a collector service. And the collector service has more Silver Age, maybe a couple Bronze Age uh, issues thrown in at a higher price tier. And I'll probably try that next month just to see what shows up. But one of the key things is after you subscribe, you go to your preferences page, and they have a whole bunch of checkboxes. And you can check if you would like older books, like 20-year-old books maybe, or newer books, stuff from like the last 10 years. Um, Then they'll have like Captain America and Batman and Superman and uh, Fantastic Four, Justice League, Avengers, and Wildcats, you know, whatever. And you go through and you click the ones you're interested in. So then that way, if you don't click, say, Youngblood, you'll never get a Youngblood comic, you know. If you click Superman, then they'll go through all the books that have Superman, Superman, Action, uh, Man of Steel, whatever, as they're going through stuff, and they'll pull one of those out for your service. So it's still blind in the sense that you don't know exactly what you're getting, but it's more personalized, so it's more likely stuff that you're going to enjoy as part of your service. So um, I did get – I'm going to switch over to this camera real quick. I did get a pack, and you can see that some of the stuff – I'm more DC-heavy in general, um, but some of the stuff is just kind of your basic, you know, filler – DC stuff, mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff, some of the stuff from the 90s. Uh, this is the return of uh, the Eradicator. Oh, I totally remember that. Oh, my God. And, and there's, the poster is still in here. So even though I've got this issue in my collection, now I can rip the poster out of this one and hang it up. Um, 
New Titans annual from a long time ago. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. But now here's where it gets really. Oh, that's cool. Oh, nice. Now check, check this cool. out. There's a Fantastic Four, and look what else came with it. Another. <laughs> and guess what? These are sequential. You have uh, 197 and 198. Huh. Wow. So they were able to find two that go back to back as part of your collection. And then guess what? Oh, Captain oh, America. I have that. I have that I issue. I have and that one. Yeah. And guess what? The issue that comes right after it, another sequential oh, no. set of books. That Madcap? Wow. So this is uh, Nomad, yeah. Yeah, Madcap Returns. So we got 308 and 309. Now, yeah. um, so, so one is that it's a little more personalized. I prefer DC in general, but I wanted older books. So I got a bunch of DC books, and then I got some older books. If you notice, all of these are bagged and boarded. Mm. One of the problems I had with the other service is that some of the books had, like, watermarks on it, like water stains. Like, go. I don't know if it was sweat from the guy in the warehouse, you know, pulling the copies, or oh, they so excited. They're like, right. You know, like, oh, Wildcats, whoa. You know, I don't know <laughs> what happened. <laughs> oh, God, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people got <laughs> off on that zealous, you know, the way Jim Lee drew her. Oh, oh man. Anyway. <laughs> I got to say, though, for, for buying a blind service, like, I was really happy with the books I got. And even the ones that weren't really all of that special, like, I, I didn't read these when they came out. You know, it was during that time period after the kids were born, so I didn't really have a lot of cash handy. So, you know, it's stuff I missed uh, that I can go back and read. But getting some of this, you know, classic stuff is just fantastic, and you don't expect to see that. And this was just through their regular service. Um, it's fifteen ninety nine the first month, nineteen ninety nine every month thereafter, if you want to sign up for it. Um, the collector service is twenty, I believe it's twenty four ninety nine a month. So it's really not that much more expensive, but it's more mm-hmm. silver age focused. Um, and it's also it's called Comic of the Month because there's one high dollar book that's randomly inserted into a bunch of um, sets that people order. And this month was Guardians of the Galaxy One from nineteen ninety, which is about a fifteen dollar book. Oh wow! Um, is it now? So, yeah. Wow. Um, so a bunch of people just had that randomly inserted into their their stack so you might get something that's worth about the price of the bundle that comes with it um, but like i said it's the personalization of it that makes me you know go through this and like every single book in here i'm, I'm gonna go through you know none of these are books that i'm like ah you know it's lady rawhide number three you know it's like ah, mm-hmm. what is that you know this is all good stuff um and they said going forward in the future um they're going to start shipping media mail which will bring, bring down the price of postage um, so then that they can put higher quality books um, in there. They're also getting new boxes made. Uh, these came in a padded envelope wrapped in cardboard. They're actually getting boxes made to send them out uh, to keep them safe. And then with the, um, the new you know, collector's uh, club version, for the next month, I'm going to get another bundle like this, but I'm also going to sign up for collectors and see what the difference is in the quality of books. So I was really super happy when nice. I opened this compared to the other one. So, again, it's uh, comicofthemonth.club is where you can go. Cool. All right, Roddy, you're up. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time for another episode of The Unboxing. Yay! You can um, see Daredevil and Bullseye on the cover, and this month's theme is Superhero Showdowns. So, All right. Here we go. Here we go. We got our familiar line art here. Hopefully you can see that. If not, I can push it in. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do this. Cool. So hopefully, you can still hear me. Uh, there's that. And as always, we get a pin. There is that. Interesting. It's a red and green Hulk pin. I need to find something to do with all these pins. 
Um, well, you should be putting them on your denim jacket. I mean, that's. Oh what no! Yeah, I will. I will. Do to um, then we have a, a patch, which is Iron you Man. Should also be putting those on your denim jacket. All right. Which why is it not Hank Pym and Ultron? I don't know, but you know, movie. No, this is yeah, this is movie. Yeah, I know. Um, so on the inside of the box, and actually, some of this line art is from. Looks like. Oh, okay. I know I didn't even notice because there's. I don't know if you've noticed this. It's like Doc Ock and Spider Man, and then there's um, Daredevil and Bullseye and Captain America and Red Skull on here. So inside of the box, we have. I'm going to try to do something with this. Eh, We have a shirt. Like we normally have. Yeah. And it is Webbo. Oh, wow. Very pop. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, the shirts are all, all, all yep. pop focus. And, um, you know, Spider versus Goblin, as you can see here. Sure. And I can't see the rest of that writing, but it's like Battle of the Century type stuff. And I'm assuming that's how that comes. And it's not some faded printing. <laughs> so, there is that. Uh, there is. Looks like a. Pint-sized Dorb, one of their Dorb figures. Okay, but it feels like just a head. Yeah, uh, but it, it's a Funko-based yeah. thing. You know, that's generally what they are anyway. So yeah, instead of the whole figure. So I don't know. I'm not gonna open that right now. Oh wait, and here's another one. Which on the back of this they have ones. Well, yeah, see they have Red Skull on it, and they'll gotcha. out. Yeah, so those are the face-off ones. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Face-off was a terrible movie. Don't let anybody tell you different. Oh no. If you want good John Woo movies, go back to the stuff that's not Hollywood. Except for uh, Mission Impossible 2. But this is not the place for that. Anyway, so here's your, your pop figure. Oh, that's have, cool. Yeah. You have your, your Daredevil in black, and you have your Bullseye. Right, in the current costume. Mm-hmm. That is very nice. That's, that's the exclusive cool. pop. Yeah. Well, for right now, because I'm pretty sure they'll probably put those out in the stores um, at some point. And there's nothing else in the back. And the book. Oh, yeah, and they also have, I think this is what's coming up next, which is... Guardians? Yeah, Guardians. It's a lot of next, sense. Next one's yeah. coming back. Yeah, because given that the movie's coming out, and, of course, you have more line art, which you can't really see sure. what exactly it is, but uh, it looks like some of the same as up top. It's more Spidey and Ox and whatever. So the book we have is uh, looks like the, a variant, the pop variant cover of Inhuman versus X-Men number one. Cool. So check that out there. Kind of disappointed there isn't an actual human on the cover. What are you going to do? You know, right? So, but that, as they say, is that. All righty. I will agree with the not vintage part, but it... yeah. Shout out to <laughs> Atman Wang. That was a bad movie. <laughs> and you can follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at timdogg98 and at cbcron. Roddy Cat is at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Needs and at CB Caps on Instagram. Yeah. Agent 70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And PCN underscore Dirt is on Twitter and follow his comic book reviews on Instagram. Graham comic reviews. There you go. You got it. Yeah. And go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. And with that... We are the Comic Book Chronicles, and we are signing off. Peace!